As the team comes, uh, they're going to give their name, and then we're going to sing the theme song uh, that was part of our Bible school last week.
Well, let me first of all thank everyone who gave and especially those who prayed. We sensed an unusual spirit of the Lord on this missions trip. I also want to thank you parents. You have raised some awesome young people. Um, the teens and the young adults that went, we could not have asked for more. Um, also a special thanks to the team itself. <clears throat> they were extremely hardworking, co totally cooperative. Uh, one thing I was truly impressed with, um, we've always had great teams that would do whatever you asked them to do, but this team you didn't have to ask to do. They observed, they took initiative, and took care of things. There were several times that we'd say, guys, make sure you do so-and-so. We've already done it. Um, Trinity, for instance, finished a job inside, and she said, Mima, does Papa have another paintbrush? Nobody asked her to go paint. She went to paint. And just time and time again, um, that kind of thing took place this week. <clears throat> the, the kids, um, they were observant, and they were engaged with the children um, while there. I want to especially thank Erin Wilburn. She was heartbroken that she couldn't go, and we were heartbroken too. But her presence was very much there. She had planned all the meals, um, already purchased the groceries uh, for those meals, and then spent the time to write out every one of those um, menus so that, and the, how, uh, the recipes for each of that, the menus, so that Barbara just stepped right in and had all she had to do was follow the directions. And so that was a huge blessing. And then she had also worked on the Bible verses, which Aaron, or Logan ended up doing, but Erin had set up the PowerPoint. And so she was very much present with us there, though not bodily. The curriculum we used this year, um, back in 2020, our last missions trip to Montana had been in 2019. And in 2020, we had purchased an Answers in Genesis curriculum uh, that was one God, one race, one family. And I thought, so no need, no need to purchase more curriculum. Let's use what we have. But when I began to examine the curriculum, I realized it just was not going to work in the Montana setting. <clears throat> so it was um, based around a, a, a foot race. And, but I did take the theme, the one race, one God, and one family, and also the suggested Bible lessons. So my main uh, purpose there was to teach those Bible lessons. Um, the, uh, but rather than doing a foot race, we took airplane rides. We were an airline. We were all nations airline and um, that we were All Nations Airlines 7910 based on the fact that the verses the children were memorizing were from Revelations 7, 9 through 10. Um, we only had them learn one um, small portion of the verse, but the larger setting of the verse was important for them to understand what that small section meant. And there were several children, I don't know, Logan, maybe five or six, who actually memorized the entire thing, which they got extra points for. <clears throat> Going back to my task of teaching the Bible lessons, on Monday I taught about creation, Adam and Eve, and the fall. 
and that there was one promised who was going to come and crush the head of the serpent, Satan. On Tuesday, I taught about Noah and the flood and the Tower of Babel, from whom all nations, tribes, and tongues descended. And Jesus is our ark of safety. On Wednesday, I taught about Abraham and Isaac and God's covenant with Isaac that through his family, all nations of the earth were going to be blessed. And we know that blessing was none other than Jesus Christ. On Tuesday, I began having some knee pain. Um, Didn't really think too much of it. Thought I'd slept wrong. By Wednesday, my knee was swelling. By Thursday, it was a mess. And um, Friday or thir- um, Thursday, when I went up to teach, um, and this lesson was going to be about the fulfillment of all of those promises. And one of the things I kept uh, reminding the children of was God always keeps his promises. And so the promise of Jesus was what I was to teach. I was sitting up in the room waiting for the children to come. My knee looked like I had a cannonball in it. And I began getting really lightheaded, a little nauseous, and I thought, oh, Lord, please do not let me pass out in front of these kids. And I prayed, Lord, give me strength. I need your strength, because this wasn't something somebody could just jump in and teach your PowerPoint for you. And um, so I just prayed, Lord, please give me strength. And I have never sensed, in all the years of teaching, the strengthening and empowering of the Lord that I did in that lesson. And the children were glued into every word. Anybody who's taught kids, especially when you start teaching about Jesus, Satan brings along the wiggle worm. These kids did not wiggle. They sat glued in. And at the end of the lesson, um, and I This was a lesson that was about the life of Christ, so we truly raced through the life of Christ from his birth, um, through through his life, through his sinless life, through several of his miracles, through his death, resurrection, and ascension. The last picture I showed was a picture of children from many races. And I reminded them of the verse that we were gonna all be a part of that one family of God and that we were going to be gathered around the throne, crying out with a loud voice and without any prompt, without any suggestion, they began saying together in unison, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I said, and who is that Lamb? It's Jesus. So that was... um, the culmination of our teaching that week and we're just praying the Lord will take the seed that was sown and draw many of these children to himself in salvation. Awesome. So I was in charge of the missions lessons this week and like she just said, we're on All Nations Airline. Um, And so each day we were on a plane ride to a different place around the world. And so, let's see, it's not working. If all else fails, you can just click it, it's fine. 
destinations this week. Um, on day one, we went to Zimbabwe, South Africa. Um, we visited um, Ms. Laverne Waugh, and she was able to share with us a lot about um, the culture there, about um, their response to the gospel, their openness to the gospel there, and the children really loved that. At the end of each PowerPoint, we had a video sent, and um, we're very thankful for that, from three missionaries, and they were able to share um, to the, with the children through video about their ministry. So day one was Zimbabwe, day two was Papua New Guinea with Paul Snyder, and that was our longest flight. Um, the kids loved learning how long it would take us to get to each place. Um, it would have taken us two days to get to Papua New Guinea, and um, so that was really cool. The kids loved that, especially learning about how Paul Snyder, um, the work he's done in um, providing medicine for the people there. Day three was Paris, France, which is what we're going to talk about today. And then on day four was we went back to Heart Butte, Montana, where we were serving. And instead of a video that day, we had our missionary in person. So Larry Bunyan was able to present the details of his ministry to the kids. And that was um, a really, really cool day because the kids, it's a very small town, so they're familiar with Pastor Larry. But he, he came up to them and he said, a lot of you guys don't know this, but I'm not just a pastor, I'm also a missionary. And, and the kids were like, whoa, like, that's crazy. And so that was a really cool, um, he did a great job with his presentation. So each day, um, so today we are going to Paris, France. Um, and so they, they were, like she said, their attentiveness was um, incredible. They were all in um, for each aspect of um, Bible Club, for sure. And so about today's missionaries, you're right, I cannot read that. Um, so basically during this um, portion of the PowerPoint, I was able to just give a brief summary of who the missionaries were and their ministry there. Um, and also during this slide, I would always say, ask them two questions, and that was, what is a missionary and what is the gospel? Um, and by the end of the week, they had those answers pretty, down, pretty much down. Um, and so we're really thankful for that. I think the whole team would agree that um, our goal was that in every aspect of Bible Club that we could present the gospel and make it known. And this was a uni unique opportunity to do that. So I'll read this if you'll pick me up. Um, Tim and Ruth Bixby have, ser have been serving in France for 16 years. After serving in the church planted by Tim's father for several years, Tim and Ruth then moved to northern France to plant a church near Paris. The Lord has blessed their church and it has grown. And the Bixby's continue to share to serve in northern France by sharing the good news of Christ with those who live there. And again, we would go into depth about what that means. What does it mean to share the good news of Christ? And what is the good news of Christ? Um, and so then we would share pictures with them of the scenery of where they live. Paris was definitely a popular one because a lot of the kids, of course, had, had heard of that place. Um, sharing pictures of the Big City family. Um, and then, of course, they loved this part, that it would take you nearly 13 hours to fly to Paris, France. Uh, and then we had a map up of where they were in relation to where France was. Um, kind of flying through this. Uh, of course, they recognized the Apple Tower, which is really cool. And I think up there in the top, in the top left, you see their youth um, group um, gathering together and then a fellowship meal below that. But able to share pictures of their congregation with the kids. And um, here, like she said, our, our theme was one God, one race, one family. And a very unique thing about the Bixby's and their ministry is that, and he will share this in the video, that their congregation consists of many different ethnicities and races and um, people of, of, that have come from many different nations. And so that was a really cool um, example to the kids of 
are how we are all part of one family. And so then um, we have a video from Tim Bixby that um, we'll share with you now. Bonjour, bienvenue à Paris. Welcome all of you children from Montana. You have just arrived on All Nations Airlines to Paris, France. We're actually just north of the city, not too far from the large airport. It's called Charles de Gaulle. And we're in a northern suburb of Paris. From out in the road, you can even see the Eiffel Tower at a distance. Uh, and in this city, there are people from all over the world. Within just two or three square miles, uh, we have people from a hundred different nations. And right here in our church, uh, we have people from all over the world. People that come from Haiti or South Korea or Algeria um, or different countries in Africa or in Eastern Europe. And yet they come here and we love each other because Christ has united us in the gospel. So this is where we meet on Sunday mornings and also during the week. And then if you look right outside this window here, you see a glimpse of just one part of our city. See all those big apartment blocks, those people can uh, literally walk to our church from, from where they live. And some of our church members live in those apartments. Uh, there, there are many people from Turkey in those apartments. And there are also many Jews uh, that, that live in our city. So we want to thank you, first of all, for coming to uh, the Vacation Bible School, but thank you also for praying for us and thinking about us, and we pray that God will do great things in your lives uh, this week. I echo what Jane said and uh, about the effort on the part of the teens, they were a joy. Uh, this mission trip really was bittersweet uh, for us because it probably will be the last that we uh, lead. I'll mention this now uh, as we get into the uh, PowerPoint that I have for you. When I first met Larry Bunyan on the field, we exchanged polite handshakes. And when we left Friday, we exchanged hugs. Um, when you work together for eight different times. Uh, you get to know each other a little bit better, and you really get to appreciate a whole lot more what missionaries uh, endure often. This morning we sang a song in our morning worship service, not to us. I want to read the last verse of it before we get into the PowerPoint. It says, Christ has claimed a chosen race for the glory of his grace, who but he can praise his claim. Who boasts, who boasts such a matchless name? We whose song will never cease, long to fade, and Christ increase. Not to us, but to our King, honor, praise, and glory bring. I say that because I made the comment uh, while we were out there to the group and having devotions, the duty is ours, the results are God's. The duty is ours, the results are God's. And truly the gospel was presented to those young people. And they were extremely attentive, as Jane said, and we need to just pray. Please continue to pray that the Lord will work in their lives. Uh, I want to say many thanks to Walt and Pam Atkins for coming to Beacon at 4 a.m. on Friday, July 7th to take us to the airport. 
and for retrieving us from the airport at 11.15 p.m. on Friday, July 14th. Uh, by the time we got back to church and then people got to their various homes, it was one in the morning on Saturday. Also, a big thank you to the Bunyans and Jane for prep work that began weeks before we ever went out there. It always does take weeks to prepare. Um, Larry and Carol Bunyan uh, have this on their website, honoring the Lord, expounding the word, affection for others, reaching the lost, and teaching believers. And you can see the acrostic going down the word heart. They also have this on their website. At Whitetail Baptist Church, we strive to be a Bible-believing, God-honoring, family-oriented fellowship. We promote personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a lifestyle that pleases the one who died for our sins. Our passion is to have a heart for God and others. Well, if you've been here before, you've got an idea of where Heart Butte is. If you're new to the church and have not seen our presentation, that's it. The upper corner of Montana, uh, one town that we go to, Browning, I believe Larry said it is 40 miles from the Canadian border, so it's very close. Uh, this is a picture from what they call the heart. Um, heart Butte is the town. There is a Heart Butte mountain, uh, but I guess some seniors went up on this hill behind the church and painted a heart or put stones out in the form of a heart. And I show you that because you'll see three arrows. Uh, when we do the canvassing, there are three different parts of the town. Uh, the middle part of the town is the largest, and then down the road to the left is the second largest. To the right, the right arrow uh, is just probably eight to 10 uh, cabins, log cabins. All of them have one thing in common, and that is dogs. Um, they also have on their website concerning the church, it's a place of warmth and friendship with a passion for God and his word. Larry was a little concerned uh, because of it being summer. He knew of three or four families that were going to be gone. There's one family in particular, I just mentioned the dad's first name, Joe, a relatively young uh, man. Uh, I think he has a daughter and two sons. And I just connected with him, enjoyed fellowshipping with him, and I was pleasantly surprised and overjoyed to see them walk through the door on Sunday morning. They decided uh, to come. Uh, they were out of town. Um, in February of 2022, uh, they had a situation come up where a uh, storm blew off uh, part of the roof. They had some men come, out, come in and, and uh, cover it so it wouldn't be damaged and got a new metal roof put on. I do want to show you some of the stuff that they put up with them. Uh, it's nice out there in the summer. It was 70 to 80 degrees. It can be a little bit cooler in January or February. And uh, they also have guests every now and then. They have range horses. They belong to someone. They're branded, but they just uh, run loose. Uh, this picture has two in it. I've seen as many as seven or eight uh, in front of the, uh, the church. As we get close to our view, you'll see this statue, Blackfeet Sentinels Sculpture, uh, just made out of metal. Uh, but it's very colorful and, and uh, catches your eye. The Blackfeet Nation has a very rich heritage. These are just pictures from the past, but they do have a very rich heritage. Um, the setting, and I, I sometimes hesitate to show this, 
uh, you're going to know that it's a beautiful place to go to, but that really should be the cherry on the Sunday, if you will. Uh, you shouldn't be going just to see a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And that doesn't honor the Lord. Um, can you be excited about what you see? Certainly, because God's creation is marvelous and, and wonderful. And yet it shouldn't be the primary reason for you going. But again, you'll see herds of horses, herds of black Angus, some herds of red Angus. Um, I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, buffalo basically are raised by the herd. They, they do not roam. They're in pasture lands, vast pasture lands, but uh, they are a resource for the tribe. A couple other slides of uh, the type of landscape that you would see. Now, these are just different places that we uh, went. The bottom picture shows a river. I don't remember the name of that one, but the irony of it is you'll be going along driving thinking you're on flat land when in reality, um, I guess you're on a plateau because you'll go down into this river bottom and it's very, very steep drive down and a steep drive out. Um, I put this picture on because the government housing is very, very poor. Um, you wonder how some people could survive. Um, Carolyn Leary mentioned that tons of money go into the reservation. I don't know how much of that is actually given to the Blackfeet Indians. Uh, I did notice that several of the houses had new metal roofs, which was good. Uh, but the, the housing overall is very poor. Uh, this is a picture of the team on Sunday morning just before we had the service. Um, during that Sunday school time, we had testimonies. Uh, Micah gave a testimony in Logan, and then uh, Pastor Strength preached. All three did a very good job. Lasted about 40 minutes, and they have a coffee time of fellowship in between services downstairs. Um, we've done this before, not every year, but we had a fellowship lunch. Uh, you notice the name Vera. Um, I hope that I can, I'm not even going to chance to point out. Yeah, I think I can. Um, Vera is right here in the short story with Vera. She had been praying for years that God would send someone to start a church in Hart Butte. And it's amazing to see how the Lord worked and moved in Larry and Carol's hearts. They visited several different places and traveling across Man Montana. Uh, at some point, they looked at each other and said something to the effect, I think we found the place we were looking for. And they've been there many, many, many decades. Um, but we did have a luncheon, and that was a blessed time of fellowship and renewed friendship. Uh, the next thing on the docket was canvassing, which is an adventure. Uh, we did that on Sunday afternoon because that's when most of the folk would tend to be home. Um, later that evening, after canvassing, we went to the uh, Indian Days Parade. Um, they probably had, I don't know, 150 horses in that thing and then every other kind of truck and whatever you'd imagine. I just put a couple of pictures up, but we did enjoy that. Uh, and then we get into other parts of Indian Days. This is actually a picture that I used last year, um, the last time I won, I should say. And the reason I used it again, they built a new structure for $2 million. The Indians who, the Blackfeet who were playing the drums, I couldn't even see in this structure. So, uh, But again, you can, if you're close enough to uh, the building, you can actually feel the vibration of the drums from a distance. Just amazing. Um, they have competitive dancing. Uh, we went to it and uh, watched 
I guess, four or five different uh, competitions. The women compete in various categories and then the men. Uh, the women's fancy dance, what they call a fancy dance, they're very athletic. Uh, I don't know, I would guess it lasts four to five minutes of constant movement. The men are flat out athletic. Uh, they do all kinds of moves uh, during that and are judged. Uh, Larry says the ones that are very, very good would earn enough prize money to pay for their trip. Um, this next slide we did not go to. Uh, it's called the Indian Relay Race. Uh, they could have any number of teams, I guess. Uh, and each young man has three or four horses. He races around the track. Um, not to brag, but coming in fourth was not bad for my first time. <laughs> uh, the projects, we did several. Uh, this shows the guys putting metal around the foundation of the building. None of them had ever done that, and the Lord really blessed their efforts. It looked very, very good when they were done. I had to dig down about 16 inches and then put the metal in, fasten it to the building. Um, I put one up that you might be a little bit surprised, but Logan, bless her heart, ironed everyone's uh, clothing uh, that we would have to wear for either Sunday or, or Bible club. Uh, the center picture is uh, me painting the uh, deck and then Trinity helped also, which is much appreciated. Um, this is a picture of the building when it's done. Uh, from a distance you can see the dark brown. And uh, the other thing that we did, we didn't have time to paint the whole building, just the deck and do that steel work. The other thing that we ended up doing is feathering the snow line. You know, the snow will come up so high and you might not be able to do the whole building, but where the snow comes, it's definitely lighter. The stain is, is uh, bleached off. So by painting the bottom and then feathering it, uh, it tends to give the appearance that the whole building was done. Um, our meal makers, Barb, did most of our meals, uh, all of the breakfast, all of the supper, uh, and helped the ladies with the luncheon that we ended up doing for the kids, which was new. Uh, I have a thank you to Aaron for doing the menu, as Jane said. Uh, and Vera is pictured in this. I don't remember the other lady's name. Carol is there in the center. This was interesting. We found out after the fact, really after we left, uh, the reason behind this, uh, this is a church right up the road. Uh, I don't know how much money they put into that. It's been there every, every year I've been. Uh, but there are 17 cars parked there. Larry and Carol found out that they put a poster up after we put our poster up, and they planned to have a summer session for their, uh, their young people. Um, the good part, from our perspective, there were 17 cars there, but we noticed a couple of them leave there, drive down, and pull into Whitetail. So we garnered some of their audience, and then after that first day, uh, I didn't, maybe one car, uh, but that could have been, uh, we put up with competition from other groups many, many years. Um, and then anticipation, uh, this is just before the first Bible club, and then registration. Uh, our young people registered all the kids. Um, by registering the kids, uh, Larry and Car Carol can follow up. Uh, I would make an idiot of myself if I try to give you one of their names, but they're unusual uh, 
Wind Come Softly or something like that, beautiful names. Uh, but they, they get those names down and, uh, and then end up following up on them. Um, Jane mentioned this. Uh, part of our decorations, we had a world map that covered one whole wall. Um, this picture right here uh, shows Let the Adventure, uh, Adventure Awaits. And we had the flags of all the countries that were represented here too. We had some on the other uh, wall as well. And then one God, one race, one family. We had little bracelets made up that they could wear uh, as a reminder. Um, this is the flight crew on the left and then our hostess now boarding. That was so cool because they'd have to walk in the door and up the steps. And one little girl got there a little later. And, uh, I don't know, somebody dreamed up the idea the front seats were uh, first class, thank you. Front seats were first class. Well, she got there too late to get a seat. She said, oh, I wanted first class. And uh, it was very, very cute, very effective. Uh, the enforcer, Caleb did a, he did a good job as far as uh, dismissing them uh, for lunch, and it never was mass pandemonium as we've had sometimes. And then our captain, co-captain, uh, we won't comment on the landings and takeoffs. <laughs> um, that's just song time. Larry played the guitar. Uh, Carol normally played the piano, but because we had lunch and she went down to help with that, uh, she wasn't able to play the piano. But Larry did a, a wonderful job on the guitar. Uh, Jane helped with some of the uh, songs that have motions to them. Uh, and then we have break time, uh, had them go outside. Uh, they thought it was pretty hot in the 80s. Um, and what, 37% humidity? Uh, <laughs> Chris and a couple of the guys said, I'd love to work in this kind of weather. And uh, we mentioned it was 95 and whatever percentage humidity back home. But we did give them a break and some uh, frozen popsicle type things and that went over well also. Uh, Jane mentioned this, the four different days creation in the fall. On day one, the flood in Babel. Day two, Abram. Abraham and a promised nation, day three, and then Jesus' promises fulfilled. Uh, those are the themes of the Bible lesson. Um, Logan did a great job with the verse and with the missions. Uh, you notice flight 7910 is a spinoff, Revelation 7910. Uh, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Um, this was the missionary story and the videos that she showed you tonight, one of them. Um, they were great. They just did a great job. Larry did not do a video. He did his in person because obviously he was there. Uh, but it went over very well. Uh, points and prizes. Larry explained how they could get points um, for bringing people, for being there, for memorizing their verses. Uh, and then we had what they call the grab bag someone said the verse they could reach in and as much as you could get one grab it was yours uh, and that went over real well um, this is just a slide showing very attentive kids and they were the best ever uh, Chris and Caleb were in charge of the games all the guys and gals helped but 
uh, they were in charge, and that's a picture of Chris with, I think, three-way tug of war, and then Canyon uh, is doing a, a small game with some of the kids. Uh, believe it or not, kickball was a big hit. That's so basic, I didn't know how well that would go over, but it, it did. Shows Elijah, Zion, Pastor Strike. Um, very important, very important part of missions is engaging the kids, uh, doing more than playing games with them, but having conversations with them. This group did an excellent job in that. They did an excellent job. And I want to insert here, I might mention it later, time is getting away from me, but um, what time I have left and uh, then I share a couple of thoughts with you. Larry made the comment that I think we, we just need to be reminded, a mission trip is not camp. You know, when the kids go to the wilds, they go to get. Uh, hopefully spiritually, sure, but they go to get a fellowship, a good time. When you go on a missions trip, you go to give. And you have to constantly be reminding yourself, this is not a matter of getting. Will you get? Yes, you will get a blessing if you go with the right heart attitude. You primarily go to give and not to get. Uh, so that's some of our folks engaging the kids. Um, let me get this turn. Uh, lunch was a new twist. Uh, they had great meals for them. Uh, hot dogs. I thought spaghetti was going to be pandemonium, but it went well. One cute little girl, I didn't put her on here, said, fooey on the fork. Just grabbed it, but when you're that age and that cute, you get away with it. I get slapped on the wrist when I try it. Um, we did go to Glacier National Park. Larry had to go all the way back to Great Falls because they left an important piece of the metal out pieces, a kind of a cap, and so we were stuck. And he did not get back until probably four-ish, I think, something like that, 334. Um, so we had never been to Glacier National Park that late. It had always been early afternoon. We were rewarded. We saw a mountain sheep, mountain goat, a bear, a long way off, thank the Lord. Um, anything else? I don't know. Uh, that's more than we've ever seen. And uh, the, the mountain goats, I thought it, they were just beautiful. Um, scenes, behind the scenes, the grill master, Chris, uh, did hot dog, no, uh, hamburgers one night, I think chicken another. Uh, guys helped by watching and giving advice, I guess. Uh, Pastor Strength was our IT guy and uh, made sure that the videos of the missionaries uh, were shown. You have to ask yourself the question, what kind of impact did this have? Because it is not cheap. It is not cheap. Uh, by the time you buy the plane tickets, by the time the church gets um, vans, and I, I need to insert something here, um, we had a good deal of opposition uh, planning this trip. It, it just seemed like one thing after another. I won't get into all the nitty gritty, but it took hours because of obstacles. And um, we get on the plane, Walt was Johnny on the spot, got us there in plenty of time, get on the plane. The pilot says, uh, I need to make an announcement. They broke the hitch on the tractor that pushes the plane out. So we're going to have to repair that. It'll be a few minutes. And then the next announcement, that why this is important, 
When we got to Houston, we had 40 minutes to get to the other plane. So when we touched down, we had 40 minutes to get to the other plane. Uh, he gets on and says, we're going to have to check the front of the plane to make sure it's not damaged before we take off. We took off 30 minutes later than what we were supposed to. And we had 40 minutes initially to get to the next plane. I, I'm thinking in my mind, we're going to be spending the night in Houston Airport or something. We got there and took two trams, two trams, and got to the next flight and made it out of there. I honestly think the Lord probably sent a tailwind. I, I mean, there's no explanation other than his blessing. On top of that, I did a little research on what vans have the most um, storage room, what seven passenger vans have the most storage room, because we had luggage for 12 people. It is the Chrysler Pacifica. So I ordered two Chrysler Pacificas. Um, Fortunately, in God's grace, I didn't pay for them. I just said, I want to reserve two. So we got there, and she says, we don't have any. The guy over here didn't have any vans for a month. She says, I can give you a Ford Expedition and a Chevy Suburban. So I said, what's that going to do to the price? And she said, nothing. So we went from Chrysler Pacificas to a Ford Expedition. Expedition. I could get used to that, Diego. Uh, and then the Chevy Suburban. And any of the team will tell you, if we had not had those, if we had not had those large vehicles, we would not have gotten everything in, especially coming back. So that said, what impact? Uh, these are uh, on Facebook. This one lady, uh, Tara Blastar says, my daughter, Briley, went to the White Hill Baptist Church the past two days. She's already singing the songs. I grew up going to the Bunyans, and it was always an enjoyable place to be learning about God and Jesus with songs, stories, and even games. And then this gal replied, this is Winona Spoon Hunter. She said, that's so awesome. They still do that. I love the Bunyans. I love the Bunyans. Even after all these years and all the kids they've seen come and go, they still remember all of us, Winona Spoon Hunter. Um, last slide. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. And Larry and Carol certainly have been that. We do not have time to go over the challenge that uh, I have, but I, I do want to give you the main points. And I want to say that if you're interested in a short-term mission, um, talk with us about it uh, in plenty of time. It's not an automatic thing. And I'll give you some insights on that real quickly. I do want to read the key verses of what I, I read early in the service, Second Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when one turns to the Lord, that is life, spiritual life. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image, that's the likeness of Christ, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How do we apply this very quickly in about five minutes? How do we apply this to short-term missions? I've got seven headings, and I'm not going to say much under each. 
who should participate in short-term missions, any, Christians who's, any Christian who's burdened for the lost and who can share the gospel and be used to the Lord to do that. Why should they participate in short-term missions? There are probably more reasons than this, but I can think of three. It's an opportunity to give. It's an opportunity to glow. We are to be light. It's an opportunity to grow. Missions will reveal to you your strengths and your weaknesses. Your strengths and your weaknesses. Third, how can a person participate in short-term missions? Um, if they can't go, they can give and support. And several of you did, as Jane mentioned, and that, that helped people tremendously. Don't underestimate the value of that. Uh, they need to be prepared to share the gospel wherever they are, wherever they are. Uh, they might do work projects um, that are in line with their skill set. And those work projects have to be missionary directed. You don't get out there and give the missionary an idea. The missionary looks at what he needs and gives you the idea. And the Lord blesses that. Like I said, none of our guys had done uh, putting metal on the building before. When should they participate in short-term missions? When they're of an age where they understand the responsibilities that accompany being part of a short-term mission team. When they get old enough to understand what it means. This is not camp. We are going for a couple of purposes, to share the gospel and encourage the missionaries. Uh, secondly, not only age, but when they've demonstrated a serious-mindedness here about the things of God, here in the church. Number five out of seven, where should they participate? Through Beacon, uh, your local church outreach. It could be a sporting missionary. Uh, we went through one of our missionaries and had... Um, we had missions to Mexico, we had missions to Quebec, we had a mission to New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey. We've had several trips out to uh, Montana. Uh, what should be their objectives in short-term missions? Uh, to evangelize unsaved people by sharing the gospel. And you need to be praying that God would give you a growing understanding of how to explain the gospel to an elementary kid. Um, elementary age as well as older people but uh, as far as Montana elementary uh, pray for God to soften hearts and enable individuals to receive the word pray that God would keep before you your dependence upon his grace as you serve so you go to evangelize but two out of three you you go to edify the believers who are there uh, the believers in Whitetail Baptist Church and then finally to encourage the host missionaries we have this as a policy that I trust will go forward uh, in the future. I know it will. How do you encourage the missionaries? One way is before we depart Whitetail Baptist Church, it is ready for Sunday services. It does not need to be vacuumed because it has been vacuumed. The bathrooms don't have to be cleaned because they have been cleaned. Uh, if the floor needs mopping, it doesn't need mopping because it has been mopped. And I think you get my drift. Um, they appreciate that. I've been involved in situations where the event is over, everybody leaves, and I'm stuck cleaning up alone. And you know how that is, or with a small, faithful group of people. So one of the things that we have always tried to do is to leave the facilities uh, looking the way we found them. And then finally, how should you pursue short-term missions? Talk with the pastors, and in the case of young people, you need to be talking with your parents as well. And if all three 
believe that you're ready at this point for this opportunity, begin praying for support and raising support. Uh, at this time, I want to make one announcement, and then Greg is going to come and lead us in um, our last song. But following our closing prayer tonight, the benediction will conduct our monthly congregational meeting, and that will be for members uh, and their children sitting with them. Folks, I hope that the PowerPoint and uh, Jane and Logan, what they shared, the song that we sang, I hope that you are encouraged by what was done. Uh, it's an investment. It is an investment. And I, like others have said, I have never seen a group of kids as attentive as this group was. Please pray that the seeds that have been sown, the Lord would bring forth his harvest. Let me pray, and then Greg is going to come. Father, as we come before you, we do pray that you uh, give a harvest of your choosing. How thankful we are that salvation is of thee. And Lord, we do pray for the Bunyans, that you continue to encourage them. Encourage the folks at Whitetail Baptist Church. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give them the people and the resources that you'd have them to have. We not only pray that for them, but for all of our missionaries. I thank you that Beacon Baptist Church is missionary-minded. We praise you for what you do in our church and through our church. In Christ's name, amen.